0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: This is the Victorian Country Hour on ABC Radio Victoria.
2: Good afternoon. You are listening to the Victorian Country Hour. Annie Brown is my name and I'm coming to you live from the town of Ensay. We are on day two of the high country mountain calf sales today and what a lovely day it is to be in the mountains to come buy, sell or even just look at some Hereford calves today. Look, the sky is a tiny bit overcast today. It's a bit grey, a bit bright outside, and there's been a few spits of rain as well. But it's all right, because behind me at the Little River Inn where I'm standing, they're running the barbecue red hot, and there's big fat sausages Burgers, pork rolls, and it smells delicious. Also, a trickle of people just coming in back from the sale yards at the moment. Looks like the NSA sale has wrapped up for today. So, we'll bring you all the stats, the numbers, the feelings, what's happened with that sale as well. But uh, we've also got uh, lots of other stuff to recap today from the last sales yesterday in Omeo and Benambra as well. It's fair to say that there was a big price correction from last year's record prices with most producers saying they took about $800 to a $1,000 a head haircut this year. So you'll hear from some of them today as well. you also meet some of the faces from the sale yards as well. A father and son team who have been mustering cattle onto the trucks yesterday and this year also marks the 83rd mountain calf sale so it dates back to 1940, which back then, as you can imagine, weren't many trucks to muster cattle on. So the cattle were actually escorted by drovers back to Bansdale And today I'll introduce you to one of the last drovers who's still coming to the sales today. But first, let's take it back to yesterday's sale. So three sales already underway. The first sale was at Hinamundji, and the top pen for older cattle reached $17,080 ahead and after the first few runs quickly dropped below $1,000 the Omeo Angus sale opened better with a top pen making $1,810 ahead and the final sale of the day out at Penambra for the Hereford sale it showed similar values but was considered slightly stronger than the Omeo Angus sale with the top price pen of Hereford steer wieners selling for $1,810 according to the National Livestock Reporting Service with an estimate weight of around $360 60 kilos. But to give us a full wrap of what happened yesterday, a familiar voice to the Victorian Country Hour who's here with us today, Brendan Fletcher from L- MLA is down here at the sale yards and I caught up with him just before the sale.
3: So we started off at Hinamungie and moved across to Omeo and then back to Benambra for yesterday's offering of Angus and Hereford Cross and Hereford cattle. Um, it was an excellent quality yarding of cattle in my opinion and numbers were up a little bit on last year. Condition was fairly similar. The country looks pretty good around Omeo. Uh, There's a lot of dry feed and still a bit of green in the hills. Results were were really in line with current market conditions. Prices were significantly reduced on last year's results, and that's more a reflection of, of the highly inflated prices received by producers last year than it is of any real massive decline in this year's results.
2: So what were we seeing in terms of pricing yesterday?
3: A lot of the, the, the heavier end of the Wiener steers were averaging around $4.45 a kilogram, a little less for the heifers and yeah that's, that, that's pretty much about the result that was, that was received.
2: And top prices for yesterday?
3: Top prices in Hinamundji for Wiener steers was $1780 for 16 Herefords estimated at 400 kilos and the top of the heifers were 1260 for 17 Herefords, estimated at 350 kilos. In Omeo, the Wiener steers topped at $1,810 for 14 Herefords, estimated 360, while the Wiener heifers topped at $1,600 for 72 Angus heifers, estimated at 375 kilos.
2: I guess compared to last year, how did, how did the sale go in terms of pricing and numbers?
3: It was a significant reduction on last year, as I've already mentioned, and that's Not a reflection of the quality of the cattle or of any significant decline in buyer support, but more a reflection of the incredible competition that was present last year.
2: And we're here today in Ensay for the first of two sales today?
3: Yeah, that's right. It's a a nice-looking yarding of cattle here at Ensay, so it'll be really interesting to see how it goes off. It's normally a pretty strong sale here, and I expect it will be again.
2: And finished up back at Omeo, back where it kind of started, well, not second sale yesterday.
3: It's a bit of a circle we do at at this circuit, yeah. So, no, it's a great day.
2: Brendan, how long have you been coming up to the high country to cover these mountain calf sales?
3: I I think this is my eighth year, eighth or ninth.
2: And how would you describe it, I guess, next to other sales? It's pretty unique, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's definitely a big spectacle. It draws an enormous crowd of people from from a very long distance and it's definitely a big talking point in the industry.
2: Is there a big difference between this and other sales?
3: In terms of the spectacle, I suppose there's a big difference. In terms of, of of pricing and those sorts of things, sometimes you see a bit of a premium, especially in spots where people are trying to secure heifers for breeding because the the cattle that are bred up in these mountains are tough and, and they're really good-doing cattle and people come up here looking for those, those lines of of heifers yeah, to put into their breeding herds just to, to secure that, that tough genetics and in, in, their, in their herd, yeah.
2: Is it a sale you look forward to? I guess being it a bit bit more remote and a bit more unusual?
3: Mm, yeah, I do look forward to it. It is it's, 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 it, As I keep saying, it's a great spectacle and, and it's, it's one of the features of the year to be able to come up here and see the producers and see the cattle and, and the whole process happen. It's, it's really good, yeah.
2: So when can we expect your full wrap of the market report for the high country mountain calf sales?
3: Uh, the, the, uh, the report should be up online and available to view sometime later tonight by the time I get all of my, um, all of my analysis organised and then it's all confirmed and put online by the, by the office in Sydney.
2: That is Brendan Fletcher from MLA there and we'll find out a bit more about his full report once he heads back to omeo today to get the last sale of the mountain calf sale but you are listening to the victorian country Hour. annie brown is my name i'm coming to you live from the beautiful town of Ensei today the sale here has just wrapped up and a couple of people have wandered over to come have a chat with me today which i'm very excited about uh, i'm joined by jane lloyd and penny barry two producers locally good, good afternoon and welcome to the country hour. hi annie Hi Annie, (laughs) thank you Jane and Penny. Jane I'll start with you a little bit, tell us a bit about uh, yourself, so you've been selling cattle here today? Yes so we've been selling here for a number of years, we've
4: had the farm for 28 years and um, yeah with a bit of a hiatus with COVID and things like that we're back here and it's been great,
2: yeah. You farm here in Ensay?
4: Yes, in Ready Flat, which is mm-hmm. just off Ensay, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Penny, a bit about yourself
5: and your farm? Sorry, I missed the question, Annie. You're all right, Penny. A bit about yourself and the farm? Oh Well, this is the first time we've sold here at Ensay for a number of years. We're spring carvers, so in actual fact, we actually sell in August, September, generally. But count us as locals because we've bought a place on the Buck Road, Holston's, Where we keep a black herd of cattle. So, uh, yeah, so we're backing the game
2: down here, I suppose, now. And the sales wrapped up here in NSA for today. How did you go, Jane? Well, of course, it was down.
4: Last year was the astronomical prices, but uh, we were worried that it's not going to be very good because we were a bit surprised with the prices up at Amia, Benambra yesterday. But actually, pleasantly surprised, and um, it was good. It was an even price across the board for everybody, which was really good. So that was showing the quality of the cattle around here. So um, we were we were actually surprised that we did as well as we did Um, and yeah, it's down a lot but they were ridiculous prices last year so Mm. that's how it goes and Mm. that's farming.
5: Penny, same similar for you? Um, We would have liked a fraction more, you know, we would have liked probably, yeah, a little bit more but we don't want to take them home and um, whoever got them has got a lovely line of quiet breeders, potential breeders so I think that's the best thing we also have a property up at Bindai, so yeah, we operated as a family business. So,
2: so the expectations around pricing this year. I mean, a lot of people have talked about just how ridiculous, as you mentioned, yes. the prices yeah. were last year. Can you take us back to last year and what happened? Well, last year
4: was the it was a, the max year for us. We our tops made twenty five hundred. Um, and that was that was brilliant. But then, as everybody says, if you average it out over the last five years, it, we had to sell our steers in early 2020 because the fires were coming through and we just got them off the property before we got hit by fire. We sold them for $1,000 then. So averaging out, that $2,500 does not sound as brilliant when you average out over five years. So... We believe for the input costs that we put into breeding, they, they were good prices um, and what we should be expecting with, as I said, the costs of production, but um, the weather's been against us. We, were, we thought maybe we should sell a bit earlier depending on what mm-hmm. happened with the weather, but the animals just didn't finish this year. It was cold, it was wet, they weren't as happy as they usually are, they like the drier weather. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think all in all it, it was a good sale with all those factors. Yeah. put in, yeah.
2: Was, what's the season been like up here? You mentioned it, it's been a bit challenging.
4: It has been. It's, see, that's, um, I'm over and over, very cold, very wet. We've been very wet. We just haven't had that hot summer, which nobody has, of course, this year, but that's what helps finish them off nice, and the cattle do well in that hotter weather. Um, so, and it's it's been boggy and wet and cold, and, and even though there's an abundance of grass, yeah, they just don't, didn't do quite as well as they... Need they need that have. dry roughage. They do. They, they need, need that dry
5: feed yeah. to finish. And yeah. um, I think that was the bottom line for us too. Yeah. It's t- yeah, they have to go. It's time yeah. to move on and we just need yeah. a good two-inch break. Yeah. Right, yeah. you know.
2: Going back a few more years, though, there's been a lot of challenges for the area, hasn't there, with bushfires as well. Mm. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about what happened? Oh, with the bushfires,
5: it didn't affect us at Bindi, the bushfires, but that's when we started we were in a drought basically Mm. and we were looking to send cattle away on adjustment so this opportunity came up to purchase this place on the buccanese road holston's and as a family we decided we better go for it and out of that we ended up buying a black herd as well so we're running two lots of two streams of cattle so we're always looking for black bulls red bulls so but it's been a bonus Holston's has got a 10 10 or 12 inch bigger rainfall than we have at Bindo. So that's mammoth, 36 inches I think up there and we're only 24 at Bindo. So huge adjustment but it's great. We've even finished Suffolk lambs down on the place down here. So it's been a win-win for us.
2: Has the region fully recovered from the bushfires would you say?
4: I think it's been a slow process, as, I said, as Penny said. We had the drought leading up to that, which, which was really hard. Then we had the bushfires, which just seemed to go on forever. The recovery from the bushfires, as I said, we lost a lot of country, so it took a long time to get the fences and everything going. Um, but And then COVID wasn't as big an impact, of course, because we are all out in the open anyway, so probably not as big an impact, but the weather... Even though it's great to have so much rain, it's also very destructive. We've had a lot of destruction on the farm, mm. a lot of t- really bad erosion. Animals with bad feet, feet you know, they're fe- sheep. Sheep, sheep and cows, mm. we've had oh, to treat a lot of feet. So they're not as happy as everybody thinks they are in mm. the grass. Um, you, you, know, you need a better balance. Mm. But, um, but the, the region has, uh, answering your question, the region has bounced back um, to mm. that extent. But um, yeah, now we've got the other. There's economic challenges now. So. Exactly, of yeah. what's yeah. going there's on in the world in farming. and farming? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, don't know what's the future. You know, yeah. what is the next few months? You know, hope these prices take a check soon, mm. and um, we know the world's got to eat. So. Let's hope it just keeps improving.
2: <laughs> How are you feeling coming into the next season with the weather? You know, there's predictions it's going to dry up a lot more. We've had come off three years of Landinha, so hopefully yeah. we'll have a bit dry. That and welcome? look, it
4: happens all the time. Whenever we have these good rains, we nearly always go back into drought, and that's farming. I mean, if you... If you worry too much about it, you shouldn't be doing doing it. You've got to go. You've got to roll with it. And you make the most of these years where we've had good prices and, and good grasses. Mm. You make the most of that. And that's what they say, make hay mm. while the sun shines. Sunshine. And deal with it when it comes up. Mm. Yeah. As long as, you know, for most people, it haven't over-invested. Um, and then you've got to go back into drought again. And then you've got to... Mm use your capital, but anyway it's, that's
2: farming, that's how it works that's yeah. farming, you've uh, got to be in it we love it, so yeah. <laughs> we're in for the long haul yeah, yeah, exactly. yes. <laughs> you're listening to the Victorian Country Hour I'm Annie Brown, I'm here today live in Ensay for the Mountain Calf Sales, I'm joined by Jane Lloyd and Penny Barry, two pro- local producers who have just wrapped up at the Ensay sale uh, ladies, thanks so much for having a chat with me, but lastly can you tell me a bit about what does this sale I guess mean for the local community here
4: um, I think for the local community, it brings everybody together because NSA doesn't have a lot where we can get together as a group. So professionally, it's really great to see all the producers. It's great to see so many people coming to the town. Um, economically, you know, you're standing behind us and the pub's doing really well, selling their barbecue food and things. It does lift the place. Uh, and it's a tradition that's been going for over 100 years, so it's a, or for over 80 years, I should say. It's a good, It's a great tradition, and hopefully we can keep going with it. But with technology and things, who knows? Yeah. What's NSA like usually? Oh, it's a very quiet place. Yeah. <laughs> very quiet, but it's um it's a lovely place too. It's, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. it's
5: lovely, yeah. No, yeah. it's a it to have these things it really does unite people. You have like we've got the CWA ladies out there doing the morning teas and things that, and I was up at Omeo yesterday doing the same thing, making sandwiches. It it links us, it joins us together it's not
2: all about work
4: yeah, that's you know
2: we need to integrate yeah, you know.
4: yeah.
2: have, um, is it also a, it's a massive social event like for, in Omio last night all the pubs were standing room only yeah. it just seems to bring out this yeah. abundance of people in the community yeah. and it? a lot
4: of people will come down to Little River in tonight and get together and celebrate so that's good what are your
2: plans for later today? what happens now?
4: Oh, we're going to um, Barry Newcomen's Bulls to have a look at his bulls up there and then a bit of lunch and then come down here later
5: yeah. I think we're going to look at the bulls and then I think we're drenching weaner cattle this
2: afternoon. Yeah. So I don't think we'll be back. No. Well, jobs on the farm never end, Always does it? Job. <laughs> uh, ladies, thanks so much for having a chat with us thank and, you, and oh, congratulations on the sale today. Thank, uh, you. thank, thank, you. Annie. Thanks, thank Annie. you. Thanks, Annie. Hi. That is Jane Lloyd and Penny Barry. They're two local producers who are joining me down here at NSA. You are listening to the Victorian Country Hour, as I said. Annie Brown is my name. It's good to be here. We've got a trickle of people coming down from the sale yards now because we've set up shop right in front of the barbecue. We've been a bit strategic with that, I think, to try grab some people as they come in for a post-sale snag and get a bit of a feed as well so we'll try and pull in a few more people to have a bit of a chat to find out how their sales went and they're feeling today as well but also we were at the sales yesterday in Omeo and Benambra you might have heard uh, on the Country Hour yesterday but the sale was happening while we were on air so not too many people around willing to have a chat but we did grab them all after the sale and it was a buyer's market in East Kippsland yesterday local farmers Chris and Helen Nixon are regulars at the event and despite their profits not being as prosperous as last year like many producers at the sale this year the couple were still in really good spirits and Emma Field caught up with the pair
6: yesterday. We sold 220 head. We're roughly $1,000 a head down on last year, which is roughly 50% of what we received last year.
7: that disappointing?
6: Uh, well, we knew the market was going to correct. It's corrected a lot further than we thought. It's probably a function of a few things. There's a bit of, you know, it's getting dry. People are a bit nervous about what's going on around the place and... Uh, move the cattle and meet the market and get on with life.
7: Helen is this sort of what you budgeted for or how's it going to affect the bottom line?
6: Well last year's prices were
8: ridiculous great but ridiculous. Um, Once in a lifetime would you say? Um, well hopefully not so this this would be probably more normal so yes it, it affects the budget but it probably affects more that discretional spending you know do we Do we do something extra you know put something else in that sort of stuff rather than day-to-day although inflation is hitting a bit i was going to
7: ask what have you seen go up in the last 12 months everything everything
8: Everything. like you know spray's gone up seeds gone up drench fertilizer energy yeah everything basically everything's gone up so that will make it tougher but you know with at these prices we can still actually make a dollar Yeah, it'd be a different story if they were like 700 bucks average, that would be pretty ordinary.
7: And how's the country looking up at Woolgoomerang?
8: It actually looks really good. It was very, very, very wet and cold during winter. And actually, it's been wet for probably two years, two years, two and a half years. But a really cold winter, so the grass didn't grow until very late. We've still got mountains of feed now. We were making silage in January because we couldn't get onto the country the feed was actually still pretty good quality it's dried off now but it still is pretty good it'd be nice to get a bit of rain now and yeah just send things along before we hit winter because winter's
6: pretty early for us.
7: Yeah so when's that window when does it start to get cold and when does the pasture growth slow
6: down? Uh, Well I mean it it was only 10 degrees when we came across this morning so I mean we're 900 meters above sea level so it is pretty high and and winter does come in early, so you know, we, we need a, an autumn break sooner than later to get a bit of growth before winter. It's a long way through till September when, when, when grass starts growing out the other side. So, so, yeah, we'd like that autumn break about now. It would be fantastic.
7: And in terms of that feed bank that Helen was talking about, do you use that in your dairy operation as well or is that mainly for the cattle up, up in the high country?
6: Uh, no, it, well, what we grow at Walgomerang stays at Walgomerang, uh, so we, you know, we've got about 3,500 tonnes of silage stacked away in a bun for the, for the next long dry period. Well, Gomaringe really feast and famine country. It's either fantastic or it's shit ass <laughs> <laughs> Language no, warning: <laughs> there is no in between. So we do we we, uh, we we've used the good prices of the last couple of years to uh, put away a fair bit of feed. We've also put in a heap of bores and stuff, so we've got a more reliable water source up there for when it does come in dry. So it's more you know we've been able to do a lot of those longer term planning stuff that that we always dream, when we've got money, one day we'll do this. Well, we've been able to do a fair bit of that, (laughs) of those sorts of things, Um, uh, extension in the stockyards and stuff like that. So it'll be, you know... Sort of
7: drought-proofing, trying to
6: build... Well, you're never going to drought-proof it, but you become a bit more resilient to when the droughts do hit. Normally when the rain turns off like this, we can't. it can turn right off for quite a while. History would say that, so... Well, at least instead of having a destock stock in the past, we've had to get down as low as um, 175 heifers. Well, you know, hopefully now we'll be able to hang on to two or 300 cows and uh, tick over that way with the with feed and reserves we have in stock. So that's the plan.
7: Are you worried at all? I think the Bureau's forecast we're going into what they say is a neutral pattern rather than a La Nina, which we've just been in. Are you worried at all about the turn of it and how it's going to pan out?
6: Uh, not really, the, you know, if it's a neutral pattern, we just have an average rainfall year. In some respects, that would be really nice. What <laughs>
7: is an average these days, Chris?
6: <laughs> well, we don't know, do we? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that would be quite nice we had an average rainfall year, sort of. Up at Walgomerang, it's around 26, 27 inches, so, I mean, last year we've been two really wet years, over over 30 inches of rain, so it uh, makes tra- tra- trafficking around the place very difficult, so, no, I'm not worried at the moment, but... Uh, it's just good to see what's going on long term and, and make sure you're ready for what's coming around the corner.
7: And Helen, I'll ask you just finally, it's quite a social event here at Omu. I don't think I've ever seen this many cars up here at the cattle sale grounds and the footy ground. Do you like coming out to the sale just for the social aspect?
8: Uh, Yeah, I do. I didn't come for a lot of years because my kids were little and, you know, picking them up from school and stuff. And, yeah, now I'd be very disappointed if I couldn't come, actually. I like it. It's also nice to see our cattle sold and and to help prepare them. And we've been doing that for the last couple of years. And it's good to see familiar faces. Yes, it's great.
2: That is Chris and Helen Nixon speaking to Emma Field yesterday at the sales uh, in Benambra. (laughs) <laughs> for the cattle sales you are listening to the victorian country hour annie brown is my name it is 27 minutes past 12 we're soon coming up to the news headlines and the weather but before that we need to have a quick chat with a few other people after the sale here in ensay and i'm joined by evan newcomb who's a producer here locally good afternoon evan welcome to the country hour
9: thanks very much
2: so tell me a bit about uh your sale today how'd you go
9: oh it was fantastic we expected it was going to be pretty tough. I heard what the prices were yesterday, but which I thought is what would have happened. But um, when you consider what the export market is for beef uh, and how dry it is, it's, no, it's not surprising that the market really slipped away. But we had a very very good sale, uh, both our top down the heifers. And our top pin of sears were bought by repeat buyers. And as a grazier, that's what you really hope for. So somebody come back and buy your stuff again.
10: Mm.
9: Uh, so we've had a very successful day. And I'm pretty pleased about it. And I think an old ale or two tonight might go pretty well.
2: I think it's definitely worth a bit of a celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a bit about how long you've been farming here in Encei.
9: I can't... Well, I live... On the father's soldier settlement block. Uh, like Ensay was, most of Insay was one big station in the early 1900s. And after the First War, it was split up into soldier settlement blocks. And I live on what was my father's soldier settlement block. And my brother lives just up the road um, on McCoy's property, uh, which when the close association with the two families ever since Dad and Jack McCoy went to the war together. Wow.
4: Mm.
7: Mm.
2: So a very long history for your family here in the region.
9: Yeah, yeah. Originally they came from Benalla, moved to Bansdale for for reasons, Um, and then Dad got a job with McCoys, with the established people, uh, shepherding sheep on Nanihonga. We don't have sheep up there now. It's
2: yeah. <laughs> an incredible history there. Um, and I guess for the town of Ensay, how have you seen it change over those years that you've been here?
9: Uh, well, it's not all good news. Um, the population has aged considerably. Uh, like in the, in the mid-70s, they combined the state schools. There was four state schools combined in that came to Ensay. But 90, by '93, I think it was, they closed the Ensay State School, and those kids that were left uh, were bussed to Swifts Creek. So we lost our school. But fortunately, kids still come home at night. So those families didn't get kicked out. But it's an aging population, and. Um, you know, we used to have a football team, there there's hardly anybody that's qualified to play football now. Mm-hmm.
2: So you need to attract some young people to NZ? Eh?
9: Oh, that's, that's <laughs> rural Australia, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. All the trucks are rolling in now to pick up <laughs> the cattle at the moment well, now. The
9: We're so lucky with the big trucks, you know, that can move the cattle out so quickly. And they're competent. Operators. Yeah.
2: Mm. How long have you been coming to the mountain calf sales up here?
9: Well, as I said, I've been born and bred here and I've been working at this calf So I used to help the agents. I was the agent for a little while, but then I used to help them in pinning them up and so forth. Mm. But not now.
2: A bit later on in the program, we're going to hear from uh, one of the last drovers who used to drove the cattle back to Bansdale after the sale. Do you remember when that happened back
9: then? Yes, yeah, I've I've, been, I've done that job. Uh, I've been part of the team to take them down. A good experience, really, really good experience. And yet, if you brought cattle up here and walked them to Bansdale, they'd be the quietest cattle on the farm when they got home. <laughs> because of the extra handling
2: Yeah right, so back then they weren't weaned, is that right? When they left the sale right. They weren't weaned when they left the sale
9: No, they, were, they weaned that day They came yeah. came in and weaned that day and then walked to bed So a
2: bit different now though isn't
9: it? Yeah, well yeah. we wean our calves our, our calves were weaned early in the new year uh, You know, you've got to have a paddock ready for them and feed them a bit mm. keep them going yeah.
2: Evan, thanks for coming on and having a quick chat with us Just lastly, what's it like to be a cattle farmer right now, would you say?
9: Oh, it's pretty good, if it keeps raining, it's very good <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, there's a few spits of rain coming down at the moment yeah. so maybe you, it's a good omen
9: Yes, well we've had a couple of dry months but after the spring that we had we've probably needed it a couple of dry months to um, keep it going because The dams, most of our dams are still full, Mm. Um, you know, it's been a a very good three years farmers,
2: mm. Mm. it's good to hear. Well, thanks for so much for having a chat with us today, and I'll, I'll let you go grab a sausage and head to the pub.
9: But, uh, thanks very much. <laughs> I'll do just that.
2: <laughs> good on you. That is Evan Newcomb, producer here in Ensay, who sold top pen of steers today at the Ensay sale here for the Mountain Calf Sale. We run over time a little bit. It is 26 minutes to one. It's time to head to the newsroom though to find out what is making regional news with Georgia.
0: Thanks, Annie. Making news. Police say they are determined to turn around a shocking start to the year on Victorian roads, particularly in rural areas. 68 people have died on Victorian roads in the first 66 days of the year, with 42 deaths on rural roads since January. A four day road policing operation starts on Friday, and police are urging drivers not to be complacent during what is historically Victoria's highest risk month for road trauma. The Victorian Department of Health says a woman in her 60s died last month after being exposed to infected mosquitoes in Greater Bendigo or Swan Hill. A man in his 70s has also been infected and is being treated in hospital after coming into contact with infected mosquitoes in the Campaspe Shire. The extra cases bring the number of confirmed Murray Valley encephalitis cases in Victoria to three this mosquito season, with two deaths. There has been one confirmed case of Japanese encephalitis virus in Victoria this season. Regional Victoria's first dedicated transgender health clinic has not employed any general practitioners confident in prescribing hormones. It was part of a partnership of organisations given $3.4 million in 2019 to try to improve access to healthcare for transgender Victorians. But the Ballarat Clinic is yet to start any patients on hormones after nearly four years of operation. The head of the partnership has blamed the pandemic for the struggle to train and retain doctors in regional Victoria. A regional Victorian council spokesperson has been sacked in the wake of a damning report detailing the preventable murder of a senior manager... The report found that Moira Shire Council employee Andrew Robert Patterson was falsely accused of stealing kerosene from a council depot, sparking a chain of events that led to Rick Devlin's murder. It also alleged that the council had illegally dumped asbestos-contaminated soil and that there had been serious misconduct with procurement matters. In IMP, Helen Haynes has seconded a bill designed to ensure all major Commonwealth positions are subject to a transparent and independent recruitment process. Dr Haynes says the federal parliament's jobs for mates culture risks undermining trust in the political system. She says the Administrative Appeals Tribunal, recently abolished by the Attorney-General, is the worst example of this type of cronyism. For more news anytime, visit abc.net.au forward
2: slash news. Thank you. That was Georgia Lenton-Williams with the latest in regional news headlines. We'll get the next news update at one o'clock from the ABC newsroom. Right now, though, it's just starting to spit here in N.S.A. from the the sky. Tiny bit of rain coming down. So let's check in with the Bureau of Meteorology, find out what is happening with the weather right across the state. It's a good afternoon to the forecaster, Michael Efron. Hi, Michael.
1: Good afternoon, Annie.
2: Can you give us a bit of a recap of the forecast, Michael, for today and the next few days?
1: Yeah, so we've had a, a cold front uh, move through overnight that did deliver around 5 to 15 millimetres of rain uh, to the southwest of the state and also uh, through parts of western South Gippsland and into the Yarra Ranges uh, as well. But further north, uh, only light uh, falls uh, recorded and actually didn't see anything in the gauge in, in the far northwest and through. Uh, much of East Gippsland, dry conditions there. But as you mentioned, still have uh, some cloud lingering across the east and northeast at the moment. So some light shower activity over uh, East Gippsland and the northeast and, and also down over the southwest as well. But uh, since 9am, uh, the most that we've seen is 8.6 millimetres at Mount Hotham, eight at Falls Creek and Upper Buckland, 4.6 millimetres. So we'll see that rain continuing uh, to weaken through uh, the rest of this afternoon and we'll have uh, moderate uh, west to south winds and they are quite cool uh, as well. The air's quite dry through uh, much of the state so uh, cool breezes uh, through the rest of today. No warnings across the state in terms of top temperatures today. Only up to 15 at Hamilton, 16 at Warrnambool, 15 for Ballarat, a bit milder through Gippsland, 20 at Sale, 21 for Bansdale, and through the north, uh, Wangaratta, 20. Albury-Wodonga, 19. Mildura, 23. Horsham, 18. Bendigo, 18. Echuca, 20. So uh, a little bit cooler than what was seen recently. But then on Thursday, we do see another weak cold hunt crossing uh, southern Victoria. So there will be a few showers, uh, especially near, near the coast. But uh, further north, we're looking at uh, dry and partly cloudy conditions and slightly warmer as well uh, on Thursday, 22 at Sale, 23 at Bansdale, Wangaratta, 22, Echuca, 22, Uh, Horsham, 21, Mildura, 25. So not a bad day on Thursday. And then Friday is looking like a very settled day with a high-pressure ridge extending over the state. So looking at mostly sunny skies uh, in the north, partly cloudy in the south, chance of a very light shower or two right along the exposed coast. We'll have uh, light northwesterly winds, afternoon coastal sea breezes. Top temperatures around 22 to 25 degrees, even uh, warmer through the north, 26 of the Chuka, 28 at Mildura. And then on Saturday, we'll have uh, light to moderate west to northwesterly winds across the state. Sea breezes developing again in the afternoon, the chance of a couple of showers over the southwest later, but otherwise dry conditions. And once again, a bit warmer, 32 at Mildura, Echuca, 29, Bendigo, 27, Wangaratta, 29, Hamilton, 23, Ballarat, 24, Sale, 26, Bansdale, 25. So, mild to warm on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we do see an upper-level disturbance moving across the state. So, we'll see scattered showers and isolated thunderstorms developing, more likely uh, near and south of the ranges, so not too much into the far north. And northwest. Once again, temperatures in the low to mid 20s in the south, mid to high 20s across the north. And then on Monday, we see that system moving away to the east. We'll go into an easterly airstream. So maybe a few showers still across Gippsland, dry conditions elsewhere. Temperatures in the low to mid 20s in the south, mid to high 20s across the north. And then Tuesday looks very settled, light northeasterly winds. Uh, temperatures back uh, around 28 to 30 degrees in the north and 24 to 26 in the south, but uh, Sunday looks like a a wetish day across the state, but other than that, not a huge amount of rainfall expected.
2: Michael, any uh, warnings we need to be across to finish up?
1: No, all clear. We had a severe weather warning out overnight, but that was cancelled this morning.
2: Wonderful. Michael, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Thanks, Annie. That was Michael Efron from the Bureau of Meteorology giving us a recap of the forecast for the state at the moment. It is 19 minutes to 1. You are listening to the Victorian Country Hour. Annie Brown is my name. I'm parked out the front of the Little River Inn at Ensay. We're here today for the day two of the mountain calf sales. It's just wrapped up the sale here to give us a bit of a recap. Of what's happened. A very busy man over the last two days. We're joined again, we heard from him yesterday as well. Morgan Davies from Elders in Vansdale. Afternoon, Morgan, welcome back.
11: Thanks for having me back.
2: <laughs> Good to see you again. How did the sale go today in NSA?
11: Yeah, look, it was a really positive result. Um it was a beautiful, nice, clear day. Last year was very, very wet and there's a lot of mud around. This year, uh, yeah, things have changed. We've done a bit of work to the yards and, um, yeah, it was a nice dry pad and the uh, cattle presented, you know, extremely well. So credit to the vendors.
2: So this is the one sale a year out here at Ensay.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I don't know, a lot of people probably haven't been uh, to Ensay. in mean, all your ABC listeners, but it's a... Uh, one pub, one sale yard, town. That's about it. There's a winery down the road, though.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to change it up, I guess, from yeah. the pub a little bit. Yeah. Well, tell us a bit about uh, what we've seen at the sale today. We've already heard from a few producers who are saying that, yeah, that after watching the sales in Omeo and Benambra yesterday, they were expecting a big price drop as well. But how far did we see the price drop today here in NSE?
11: Oh, look, you know, because it's a one once-a-year sale, Um you know, everyone sort of keeps sort of banging on that you know the massive change, but this has been a gradual sort of decline in the cattle jobs since, you know, probably December last year, and, and that's for various reasons. And you know, you can you can source all your information for that, but the cattle jobs just. It's just slowed down as the country's dried out and confidence sort of waned uh, from the exporters and things like that. So yeah, the cattle job softened, but today I reckon was a really, really good result for all our vendors. Basically, it's just back to what the price was the year before last. You know, so people need to factor it in and maybe look at last year and see that as as the anomaly, not as what they you know should start expecting
2: um and i guess when we look at things like the eastern young cattle market indicator the EKI, would you say what we're seeing here is similar to what's
11: happening there yeah it's happening everywhere across the eastern seaboard as i said and um you know the big difference here is you know the hereford cattle uh repeat buyers come to buy these hereford calves every year and you know that's due to the breeding and the pedigrees then the effort that these guys put into producing these calves so um in the end yep it was softer on last year, but was it softer on two years ago? Probably not. So I think it was a really, really good result.
2: Yeah, right. Do you look at the long-term averages from these sales? Uh, not,
11: not, not really, like as a stock agents we 're in the market all the time, and you know this this has been sort of changing and evolving all the way through. you know, if we had had two inches uh, start of March, the job could have been very different, but in the end, people still need to sell Car all a because they it 's they need their annual income b it 's getting dry and and c it 's what they traditionally always do at NSA so you know you can look at it any way you want.
2: If the weather does get drier for next season, are we likely to see more drops, or what are we likely to see, do you think?
11: I'm not predicting 12 months out. No (laughs) way. It's too hard. Too hard. No, I think, um, look, I think the cattle job's in very safe hands. I think there's a lot of positivity everywhere. Uh, It's a correction that's occurred. I I can't foresee... um, Anything on the radar, but the things that get you, yeah, you don't see coming anyway. So I think it's all very positive at the moment. And the buyers that bought cattle are repeat buyers that buy the cattle every year because they perform and they're good. So we'll leave that one there.
2: Fair enough. And one more sale left for today, and then, then you're done.
11: Yeah, then we're done. Uh, and then there's a Benstar wiener sale um, next next week on Tuesday after the long weekend. Uh, and then we're into bull sales. So, yeah, the Omeo calf sale's up on the hill. The calves will be just as heavy. Well, heavier than the intake calves, um, you know, there's all those beautiful strawberry roan calves up there that everyone comes to see because they don't really have them anywhere else. So, yeah, we're ex- we'll sort of exceed expectations there too, I believe.
2: So, yeah, it never ends for you guys, livestock agents, does it?
11: Uh, yeah, there's always something happening. That's the, <laughs> the beauty of the job.
2: Um, this might be the last... I guess this will be the last time we're here for you for the sales. Um, Morgan, I guess how would you sort of d- wrap it up for us and to give us some final words out?
11: Oh, look, I think um, the cattle job's in a very positive uh, place. But more importantly, you know, elders, we love doing business with all these clients up here. I think there's 72 vendors and a lot of them are uh, good friends of ours too. So we want to see these guys exceed their expectations. We take our business very, very seriously. And, uh, you know, we value the business we get from all our great clients, especially the ones at Ensay.
10: Well,
2: thanks for your time and thanks for joining us on The Country All
11: no right, Thank you.
2: That's Morgan Davies from Elders and Vansdale, livestock agent who's been out selling at all the sales at the Mountain Calf Sales today and yesterday. One more sale left in Omeo this afternoon and then that should wrap up the whole event. But it has been massive you are listening to the Victorian Country Hour we are coming to you live from NSE right out front of the pub here the Little River Inn the sale has wrapped up here people are slowly making their way back into town to Omeo to go get set up for the next sale but yesterday we were out in the sale yards in Benambra and got talking to some of the people in the crowd there because this is an event that does attract a lot of people This year, it actually marks the 83rd annual mountain calf sale here in the high country, the first sale going back to 1940. And these days, we have the luxury of being able to transport cattle by trucks. But back in the day, a team of drovers and their dogs would spend days on the road to get unweaned cattle to Bansdale. Emma Field spoke to John Cook, a Brunambra farmer all his life and one of the last remaining drovers. One of the earliest
12: members, I used to be a little fellow sitting on on the uh, rails over on the edge of the lake where the yards used to be. And then they built them around here and uh, these used to be uh, AML and F and around the further was Australian Estates yards. used to be these, the main yards there and then around there.
7: So there were a few more yards back then and I imagine a few more sales?
12: Uh, yeah, there was calf sales and grown cattle sales, the grown cows.
7: And then later on you got involved in droving the cattle down to Bairnstale. Tell us a little bit, how about that?
12: Well, that, oh, I'd been on a few driving trips with uh, Gerald Newcomen and uh, Laurie Hiscock and Ellen Taylor used to be the main drover. And he was getting a bit long in the tooth and uh, yeah we used to leave here with the carbs, have them all sorted out they were all painted for the different owners and uh, Benambra was blue, Omeo was red and Enso was yellow on the, on the paints so they know where they come from and then uh, we'd go from Benambra to Omeo in a day and then from Omio to Swifts Creek, from Swifts Creek to Ensay, then Ensay to Tambo Crossing. Uh, no, Ensay to the to the Backbone, and then from the uh, Backbone to Tambo Crossing. And uh, from there, it was mainly on the the main roads. Uh, uh, Tambo Crossing through to uh, to the double bridges
7: we, we used
12: to have a, a set of guards at the double bridges
7: So you would rest them there?
12: Rest them there and overnight and then we'd take them through to Brewthin and rest them, rest them on the uh, homeo side of Brewthin and we'd go from there to the sometimes to the foot of the sand hill, sometimes to Hamilton's place halfway up the sand hill hold them there until it was ready to get them to the sale Yards.
7: And then you take them to the sale Yards and they'd get all sorted out, wouldn't they, because yeah, all the different paints on them?
12: We'd draft them up into their owners with, on their paint marks.
7: Now, what was it like out on the road, driving cattle back then?
12: Oh, a lot easier than what it would have been today. You know, we'd, we'd, uh, most people understood what the calves and cattle would do and what we wanted them to do. And uh, now uh, they don't, they just want to take photos and they're nuisance.
7: <laughs> but for you, why did you want to go droving?
12: I've been done at all my life.
7: Do you miss it?
12: Uh, oh, yeah, I do. I am still do a bit of riding, but not that much. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's...
7: And, and what's the key to being a good drover?
12: Patience and know you stock, but you want a set of good dogs too.
7: Yeah, I was wondering how you would do that. So when you were out on the road, driving them down, how many cattle How many cattle um, riders did you have with you and how many dogs and how did you control the mob?
12: Well, when we used to leave Omeo it was a bit of a schmozzle. We'd have up to 16, 18 riders and same amount of dogs and try and keep them in a mob because they'd come straight off their mothers and they'd go everywhere. But after the first day up and we had a good person in the lead and we take them to the foot of the gap and they uh, yeah they settle down after about two days of driving
7: and overnight were they always penned up in yards or did you sometimes just have no, to kick
12: no, them as a, we had them a lot of them in, in paddocks uh, we've lost a few of them occasionally um Uh, Something stampeded them, gone through the fence, and we've spent half the night trying to get them back in.
7: Oh, is that a bit stressful?
12: Oh, not really.
7: Just part of the fun. Part of the
12: fun. (laughs) Uh, If you want to read what there's a there's a book out on the droving, and uh, I've just forgotten the name of it, but it's uh, the name of the drovers and the name of the number of calves and what went down and what they used to do.
7: well, it's been a pleasure speaking to a real-life drover on the Country
12: Hour. There's only two of us left on this. <laughs> That's a bit over there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is John Cook, a Benambra farmer all of his life and one of the last drovers we found at the Benambra, Benambra sale yesterday. You're listening to the Vic Country Hour. Where getting closer and closer to one o'clock the show's almost running out but we'd be missed to not say a quick hello to the owner of the little river inn who so kindly let us use their internet <laughs> and their power as well uh stretch they, welcome to the country Al. <laughs> thank you very much um, nice to be here Thank you very much for letting this broadcast happen from your pub and giving us all your power. Tell me a bit about what this event means for, for you and for NSA. You've been here quite, quite a number of years, you could say.
10: Yep, yeah, we have been. Um, it's great for the community, um, great for the area because it also gives us exposure. Um, a lot of buyers come back every 12 months. Um, prices probably weren't as good but as last year, but maybe next year. We also all noticed there's a for sale sign up on the side of your pub at the moment. You, you're moving? Um, yes, unfortunately we are. Although I have got breathing, um, running two pubs is t- starting to take its toll. So <laughs> hopefully someone will love it as much as what I do and for as long. How long have you been out here in Enso? We've been here for nearly 35 years and the pub turns 100 this year at the current site. Oh, wow. So some pretty impressive history, I imagine, here at the pub. Yep, probably a lot of stories. Lucky the bulls can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, what have you enjoyed about being out here in NSA? Um, meeting people. Yeah. Um, very different people from all walks of life. Um, cattle buyers that come here once a year. Um, people go four-wheel driving, just people camping, staying in Entei families and friends stay mm. it's been great. Is this the biggest event for the year for you guys? Yeah, certainly is, <laughs> except for later on the year when we do our 100 years. Yeah. When, when's that? Don't know yet okay. <laughs> TBC on the Century uh, Celebrations,
2: but you've been here selling food, how's it gone so far? You've got all the, the sausages, the burgers
10: already. Yeah, the girls have done a great job, um, I think they've fed everyone and we're just about ready to wrap it all up and <laughs> wait for another year. Stretch,
2: thank you so much for coming on and thank you so much, as I said before, for letting us use, because the reception's not great out here in NSA, is it?
10: Um, no, and it probably should be rectified. There shouldn't, the uh, phone lines have been down with no f Um But otherwise, ABC's got through um, again. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Stretch, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Bye.
2: That's strange. She's the owner of the Little River Inn where we've been doing our broadcast today. Right now, though, time to check in with markets.
13: dollars uh,
2: We'll start in Horsham today where the sheep sale's on and we're joined by, good afternoon. sorry I should say, a good afternoon to Graham Pymer.
14: Good afternoon everyone. Modest drop in lamb numbers, saw 5,000 penned The lifting in sheep supply to 3,350. Quality was from plain to good with the usual buying group operating with less urgency in a market generally $5 to $10 head back on last week. Medium and heavy trade weight sold from 159 to 200. Heavy lamb sold from 205 to 235. Restocker lambs sold from 73 to 158. Merino lambs sold to restockers from 39 to 56. The more sheep yarded, all weights were offered. Sheep sold to similar Competition to be mostly firm. Merino ewes reached 115. Heavy crossbreed ewes sold to 120. low trade weight lambs sold from 132 to 163, averaging 740. Medium trade weight sold from 159 to 184, range from 720 to 750. Export weight lambs sold from 205 to 224, they've averaged 760. Extra heavy weight lamb sold to 235. Medium weight sheep sold from 65 to 110, ranging from 330 to 400 cents. Heavy hoggets to $106, rams made to 80, and grown pirate horse from LA. Thanks,
2: Graham. Let's head to Hamilton now to the lamb sales. It's good afternoon to Chris Agnew.
13: Good afternoon. Numbers rebounded to 10,900 at Hamilton this week, an increase of some 3,700 where the quality of the offering was much better, still displaying evenness as well as good breeding with a, a little more weight and quality than last week's offering. However, not all the regular processes were present and not all were fully active together with good store competition in a market for all trade lambs to be $5 to $8 per head softer in places with the exception of the very light trade lambs and lambs back to the paddock they remained firm the top shorn lambs made to $213 light 12 to 16 kg lambs 79 to 114 trade lambs 18 to 22 121 to 174 making between 700 and 760 cents medium trade weights 22 to 26 177 to Ninety-five. they also were making between 700 and 760 cents at hamilton this is chris agner reporting for mla
2: thanks chris
15: and last but not least in lee and Gatha today good afternoon to shiona lamb Good afternoon. Cattle numbers decreased this week to 13, 20 yarded. Most of the usual buying group were present but not operating fully in a softer market across all categories. Quality was mixed with secondary cattle making up the majority of the yarding. Young cattle were in limited supply and sold 10 to 20 cheaper. Grown steers and heifers were 5 to 10 back with some sales 20 cheaper. Manufacturing steers were to well represented and sold to 20 cents softer for the beef bread, and dairy steers were to 10 cheaper. Heavy cow salt, 10 cheaper with isolated sales, still to 3.45 cents a kilo. Medium and lightweight cow salt, 25 softer in places. Heavy beef bull sold 10 cheaper on last week's levels. Vealers made from 3.50 to 4.82. Yearlings to the trade sold 3.20 to 4.40. Yearling heifers to the trade sold between 2.80 and 3.40 cents a kilo. Grown steers and bullocks made from 3.28 to 3.80 cents, and grown heifers sold from 2.58 to 3.70 cents. Heavy freezer manufacturing steers made 2.42 to 3.10, and the crossbred steers. Two forty-five to three fifty cents. Medium-weight cows sold between one eighty-one and two sixty-seven. Heavy cows, mostly from two twenty-six to three hundred cents, with a few isolated sales three ten to three forty-five cents. Heavy freezing cows made two o two to two seventy-one, and beef bulls one eighty-five to three ten cents. This is Shiona Lamb at Lean for MLA.
2: Thank you, Shiona. And that brings an end to the Country Hour today here from NSA. It's been wonderful to be here. A big thank you to our executive producer, Emma Field, who's been out here at the sales with me, and rural reporter, Sarah Price. And also I've got to say a big thank you to our panellists, Luke Radford and Angus Furley, for making these last two shows happen. Make sure you tune into the Rural Report tomorrow at a quarter past six. Right now, though, it's one o'clock news time.